Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today on the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, we're looking at how the reverse mortgage business is helping drive profitability for lenders and some new reverse models of partnership. My guest is Chris Clow, editor of Reverse Mortgage Daily, and we have a lot to talk about, so let's dive in. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back, Sarah. Uh, we love having you on, and we love uh, learning about the reverse space. We know that um, our audience across, whether they do forward right now or not, reverses a very big interest, so we've got lots to cover here. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask you about was reverse volume. So we saw a huge spike in March. What what numbers did we get for April? In April, uh, there was a slight drop of 3.8%. And this is according to uh, to the analysts that I speak to over at Reverse Market Insight, who keep track of all of the monthly data figures and break them down in more specific segments. Uh, it's all HUD data, but uh, having the actual tools to, to break things out in meaningful ways, like on a, on a regional and geographic basis and on a company basis, they don't really, it's not very navigable when you just look at the raw HUD data. So RMI is a great resource for that. And so the fall of 3.8%, yeah, it's, it is a fall. I mean, technically speaking, but, uh, whether or not that's a, a large fall is very debatable, especially considering what you alluded to in March is we, there was over 26% of an increase. So a 3.8% drop does not outdo really any of the progress that was seen in March. Um, a lot of that volume, it, it still remains to be seen exactly how much of it came from Heckam to Heckam refinances. And there's probably a fair amount of it that came from that. Uh, but there's still a lot of industry activity that seems to be taking place. So pretty much everybody in the business, when they see endorsement figures over 6,000, which I had never seen in my time at RMD before the March data came out, uh, people are pretty optimistic about how the business is looking at the moment. Um, but we'll see if things change in the months ahead. You know, some of the um, things that make reverse so unique is that the the market drivers aren't the same necessarily. Um, and so we're seeing, you know, volume fall off a cliff in the forward side. But why is it that volume then is picking up on the reverse side? Tell us some of the, the factors there. It's basically, it comes down primarily to home price appreciation. The fact that you have uh, senior homeowners who are situated in such a way that they have seen their home values rise significantly over the past couple of years. Uh, and because of that, there's more tappable equity for them. I mean, it depends on how much equity they had going into a reverse transaction, but by and large, uh, you got a higher home price, you're going to be able to, to tap more of that equity. Uh, and they could either put it in like a standby line of credit, or they can take uh, regular like monthly disbursements. There's several options in reverse for them to actually tap it once uh, the loan is originated. But home price appreciation was really the prime primary driver of uh, of a positive Heckam portfolio in FHA's annual report to Congress late last year. And it's definitely a, a driver of this business activity. A couple of months ago, I spoke to uh, to someone at the Urban Institute who described the, the fact that uh, home price appreciation is slowing 
it's not nearly as uh, as as quick as it was in 2021, for instance. But it is not decreasing; it's still increasing. It's just increasing more slowly. And because of that, I mean, you already in some localities have home prices at record highs. And uh, so naturally for senior homeowners who are sitting on at last count over $10.6 trillion of collective equity, uh, there's a lot for them to potentially look at, especially if they need to stabilize their retirements. Well, it makes all the sense in the world. And when you think about the cost of assisted living facilities or, or you know, not aging in place in your home, but going somewhere else, it's like, well... You know, you have a couple of choices, so you could sell your home and use that money for that. But um, you know, there is a, a question about, you know, are you are you timing the market right to get the most for your home? What is that? What is the value of that over time? Um, if those increases in you know assisted living, not not that I'm saying that people who you know get get reverse mortgages are are up for assisted living. I mean, at at the age that it's at now, that's that you know people are living a lot longer than that. So um, it might be perfectly healthy, but. It makes total sense to me that as your home has appreciated and um, you've got lots of other things to take care of because of that, you know, property taxes, for instance. Yeah. Well, um, but you also bring up a, a generally good point, which uh, doesn't often get as much play, even though it probably should. And that's that aging in place is becoming more popular, you know? So if someone might live in a home that maybe isn't the best in terms of facilitating just living in it if you're if you have mobility problems as you age for instance but you don't want to go into an assisted living facility then using the proceeds that you get from something like a reverse mortgage can help you to retrofit your home so that it's easier to get around in um but also too uh there have been more than a few anecdotes where I've talked to uh, people in the home modification space who explained that COVID scared a lot of seniors uh, away from congregate living facilities. And it's very understandable why that's the case. When COVID hit the United States, it did so first in a Washington state nursing home. Um, so it spread like wildfire. Be I mean, a lot of it was because it was such a new pathogen that it wasn't really easy to keep track of in those early days. But uh, the pandemic has hit seniors hardest. And naturally, if you have a bunch of seniors uh, in one place where they're more prone to developing serious illness, um, then it, it it's not an unreasonable response for seniors to want to stay away from something like that. And a reverse mortgage is one potential path they could use to, to stay in their own homes. And that's certainly one of the reasons why the industry saw such an uptick in activity over the course of the pandemic. You know, I, I wasn't even considering what you said. It actually started there. And, and definitely people who were in nursing homes, you know, weren't able to see um, their family couldn't come in. And, and that wasn't a decision that they got to make based on their own individual, um, you know, health and the health of their family or how protective everyone was being. That was made for them by the, uh, you know, living facilities, understandably, completely understandably, but like, it does take away that freedom of like, you know, if, if there's another shutdown, do you really want to be in that situation? So I don't think you can overstate it. It's also interesting to me, you know, that whole, you and I've talked about that whole idea of the silver tsunami that was coming that never happened for these exact reasons. People are like, no, let me age in place. I, you know, there, and, and it's one of the reasons we don't have a ton of inventories. You have baby boomers and, and older generations, uh, that are staying in their house. They're, they're not selling. 
um, they don't want to sell. And so that that inventory is sort of locked up. And then if you see the volume of, you know, reverse now ticking up, that's not inventory that we should be counting on in the housing market. No, um, that- no, no, you're absolutely right. And there's, uh, it's funny because I spoke to uh, several weeks ago, I spoke to Harlan Akala, the national director of uh, reverse sales at Fairway Independent Mortgage, who recently got his own reverse mortgage. And um, he told me that one of the potential paths that the reverse mortgage industry could use to assist inventory is by proliferating reverse mortgage for purchase business, which I thought was a very interesting idea. Um, because uh, if you don't want to necessarily spend a bunch of money and uh, and retrofit your home, then it might be worth looking into right-sizing or, I mean, downsizing or right-sizing, you know, sometimes they're the same thing. And uh, so using a, a reverse mortgage to actually facilitate the purchase of a new home uh, could be an option. There have been signs that uh, the the, re- the licensed real estate agent community isn't quite as on board with reverse mortgages for purchase just because they can take longer. Fairway says they've cracked the code on that, that they can turn things around and I think they said 17 days, which just seems insanely fast in terms of a reverse mortgage timeline. But, um, you know, the, it, it is a potential path forward to kill two birds with one stone um, if, uh, if, if a senior is open, at least, to the idea of relocating into a new home without, you know, uh, jumping into one of these congregate care settings. So I thought that was just an interesting dynamic. No, that is interesting. And I would think, you know, if you are a real estate agent who's, you know, maybe not in the luxury market or maybe not one of those top producing agents, or if you are, whatever, but like this is a great thing to get familiar with, understand, and make the connections with the people who might be making some of those decisions who might be different than your typical consumer. You might find them in a different way. If you were an expert on on this kind of selling, it seems like you would have lots of, you would have some business. Yeah. Interesting. Well, as, as we see the reverse pickup, uh, we can see, you know, it's earning seasons and um, some of the companies who have the, you know, people who have maintained their servicing rights or servicers are doing great. Um, they're definitely seeing that. And then we see the, some of the companies who have reverse really that's, that's contributing to them b- being profitable, including Aquin. So tell us about the Aquin earnings that you covered. Sure. Yeah. So Aquin Financial is the parent company of PHH Mortgage. And one of the divisions of PHH Mortgage is one of the top 10 reverse mortgage lenders known as Liberty Reverse Mortgage. And uh, forward originations, like pretty much everywhere else, were down uh, over the past year. But reverse business uh, was certainly not down. In spite of general reverse confidence, Aquin's share price declined quite a bit over the past year, but the reverse mortgage business um, was heavily emphasized in the earnings call by uh, by Aquin CEO Glenn Messina. Um, he described just a lot of excitement about the reverse mortgage business and its yet unrealized potential, even though uh, just as a division, its volume increased so much. In fact, it increased 108% year over year. Uh, so it, they didn't break out how much of that volume was was refi activity, but just in terms of what the parent company is seeing, 
they are very optimistic about having reverse in their portfolio and in using it as a way to uh, to emphasize the diversity of its portfolio, you know, which is sometimes a difficult thing for a mortgage company to do. But if they have reverse uh, as one of their business segments, then it certainly seems to be making a difference for these companies. And there aren't that many publicly operating mortgage companies that have a reverse mortgage division. Aquin is one of them, though. And uh, it was, it's funny because in a Q&A segment, the, um, the, Glenn Messina was asked specifically about the incorporation of reverse and the confidence that uh, the company seems to have in it. And he started answering one of those questions by saying, we just love the reverse business. Uh, So there's certainly not being shy. And that's great to hear. I mean, I know for for you guys in the reverse business, it's great to hear somebody just. Yeah, I mean, it like I, it, it jumped out to me immediately because that's not a phrase I hear very often uh, from people who aren't directly engaged in the reverse mortgage industry. But uh, but no, he said that uh, basically that looking at the mortgage landscape, reverse was one of the few areas where uh, the opportunity just grows as opposed to, to contracts. And that's because of favorable demographics. And it's because of home price appreciation and the fact that the reverse mortgage lending limit is now very nearly $1 million. That's the 2022 lending limit as, uh, handed down by FHA. So, uh, the fact that it seems to be making some additional sense for consumers, Messina said, uh, there's, he said, there's a fair amount that goes upfront in terms of consulting with consumers to make sure the product is right for them and it's business where we continue to demonstrate really strong momentum. So he is very uh, bullish on the presence of reverse in Aquin's overall portfolio. And a lot of that comes from the recent acquisition that they made of Reverse Mortgage Solutions, which is a, a servicing company. So they describe themselves as the only end-to-end reverse mortgage provider in the industry right now. Uh, that could change as time goes on and as more reverse lenders become uh, more heavily embedded on the servicing side. But certainly right now, uh, it's uh, it's an uh, interesting proposition that they present in terms of reverse business. Well, and I can bet you that as the low-hanging fruit of refi on the forward side has you know really bit the dust now, um, more people are paying attention to reverse and, and seeing those earnings, seeing how it's helping the earnings of companies that have that, just like servicing. So this is an interesting time and, and uh, reverse is just going to continue to get more interesting. I wanted to ask you about um, an interview you had with the, um, I think it's Chief Business Officer of Point and, and talk about what that means. Um, so there's sort of an alternative a uh, bridge loan lender. Uh, tell me a little bit about Point and why they're interesting from a reverse space. Sure. So Point uh, is a, a, sh- a shared equity investment provider. So what they will do is that they will uh, quote unquote partner with a homeowner to uh, take a stake in a share of their home's equity and invest in the appreciation. So it's a pretty strong business model right now. It's definitely a niche financial product. It's even more of a niche than a reverse mortgage is. So it's like a niche within a niche in terms of home equity tapping. Um, But they have recently secured a new $115 million Series C funding round that was originally uh, reported at our organization at Housing Wire by Connie Kim. Um, So as soon as I saw that, uh, it became clear to me that it would be a good idea to check in with Point because I've spoken to them several times in the past 
about uh, partnerships that they have certainly sought with uh, members of the reverse mortgage industry. So I spoke to Owen Matthews. He's the CBO and, uh, and, and co-founder of Point. Uh, just to check in with whether or not that's still a priority for them uh, with this additional funding that they're getting and presumably the additional attention that they're getting and the additional business they're doing. And he said that absolutely that's the case, Uh, that um, uh, in, in a lot of ways, a shared equity investment with a homeowner can serve as a stepping stone for them to eventually get a reverse mortgage. So he told me about scenarios in which someone might seek out Point's product uh, as a way to bridge the gap with a reverse mortgage because Point, unlike a reverse, does not have a specific age requirement. But naturally, uh, their product would be more appealing to someone with higher levels of equity. So that probably means someone who's a little bit older compared to a a, a typical mortgage borrower. And uh, it seemed that that was absolutely the case. I think he said that their average uh, borrower or the average customer, I should say, was in their uh, in their mid 50s. Uh, he said that the 55 plus demographic is around 40% of the people that they serve at this point. So it's a very large segment and it covers uh, a pretty wide gamut of retirements, you know, from people who are just thinking of entering retirement up through people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. But what he's seen uh, is that there's a complement of reverse mortgages happening. And he says where some homeowners are using this as a bridge, they're going to get the reverse mortgage in the future, but they want access to their equity now, or they want to take down some money to balance their finances or to offer uh, money to a child, for instance. So he says that they see a lot of different use cases, maybe being six or seven years out from a reverse mortgage or from the ability to get one. And they use then a shared equity investment product as a stepping stone for that. Uh, and obviously, they're very interested in this figure of $10.6 trillion of collective equity for the senior demographic that has a very direct impact on the ability for them to to serve seniors. So they seem very bullish. He did say that there are some formalized uh, partnerships with reverse mortgage companies. He did not tell me which companies they were. But he said that as soon as he's able to say which companies they are, then I'll be the first person he calls. I have no doubt about that. I know that uh, those in the reverse mortgage industry, are, are uh, you have them as sources. Interesting for me on that one, when you think about the fact that they're, they're really connecting with consumers at a time, um, you know, if they connect with them now, that just bodes well for the future, right? I mean, so you have a person that, you know, just like a, a lender goes back to their the people they've done in the past or that they gave a loan in the past to, to refund, like this is their natural lead gen for the, for the reverse mortgage of the future. The ones who, who take the, the bridge option right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what they're banking on. Um, and certainly if there are these existing partnerships with reverse mortgage lenders, then those lenders likely see the, the crossover potential that is there with, uh, with certain borrowers, with certain borrowers who might be able to, um, to to gain a benefit on their home equity right now as opposed to having to wait for that uh, initial qualifying age. Um, but I, I did think just – I remember when I started covering Point a few years ago and just thinking that it was interesting that there was uh, as much general interest in the reverse mortgage space from them because conceivably you could see that these are competing businesses – 
But instead, at least in terms of, of points attitude, and certainly the attitude of a couple of other uh, home equity tapping companies, uh, alternative home equity tapping companies, they see far more of a, a partnership potential with the reverse mortgage business. And part of that could be that um, since reverse mortgages are a little more time tested, they might see uh, partnering with that business as um, as a bridge to establishing uh, their own levels of, um, of le- legitimacy in the market. But uh, either way, right now, it seems like there is uh, an appetite for partnership on both sides. A couple of years ago, I spoke to the president of the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association, and he certainly saw that there is space in that association's activities for encompassing these alternative home equity tapping tools. That has yet to materialize, but... Um, certainly if uh, official partnerships between reverse mortgage lenders and these alternative equity providers are announced and they're out there in the public, then that could also accelerate in time. It's really just another important piece of the whole puzzle that could end up in the end being pretty, you know, much bigger than it is now as we progress. So fascinating to look at that. You know, you and I, we know that um, one of the things that the reverse mortgage industry has to overcome is sort of its bad reputation, which is really old news. Um, you know, we had reforms in, was it 2012 um, for, for this space that have really changed the product, changed what um, what happens here. But some people don't haven't gotten that message. So we did have you did have some good press in the uh, in the mainstream press over the last couple of weeks. Tell us about um, what they're saying. Yeah, sure. So this really started um, back at the beginning of April when there was uh, an article that was published in the New York Times uh, that spoke to a couple of specific members of an organization called the Academy for Home Equity and Financial Planning, which is housed at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. And uh, Craig Lemoyne, who's the director of the financial planning program at that university, is also the executive director of, uh, of the Academy for Home Equity. And um, they spoke to him just about the viability of reverse mortgages as a retirement tool, as opposed to, uh, to, this, to a, a scary product that seniors need to avoid. Um, I mean, I think he's pretty clear that uh, reverse mortgage certainly doesn't work for everybody, which most reverse mortgage practitioners, I think, will tell most other people. But uh, the presentation of uh, a lot of the developments that reverse mortgages have gone through, through uh, 2012, certainly uh, 2014, 2017, and these incremental updates that the program has been going through for the past couple of years in particular, uh, it's being presented now in some of these mainstream media outlets as an alternative option for people and not necessarily just a last resort option, which a lot of uh, external viewers of the business might see a reverse mortgage is falling into. But there was also another story that uh, was recently published last week in USA Today where a financial planner uh, columnist who works for The Motley Fool and who has bylines at USA Today, among some other outlets, uh, also presented a reverse mortgage as another option for retirees to create cash flow. So what you're seeing is just this slow but rather sure evolution of reverse mortgage discussion centering more on the potential for them to serve uh, as retirement planning tools as opposed to 
what I would say is still probably the predominant perception of reverse mortgages is predatory. Um, but you know, you talk to people who work in this business and, uh, what the, uh, the responsible, I guess, baton holders for the industry are saying, they've always tried to emphasize that they're a business that wants to be regulated so that it creates additional trust among seniors. And, uh, a lot of the work that's been done to, uh, appeal to academic financial planners and just to present this as an option alongside other more conventional retirement uh, strategies, you're, you're starting to see that turn the tide. It's certainly not a tsunami of, uh, of positive press that reverse mortgages get, but a lot of the really, really heavy investments that the business has made over the past several years in education and in outreach certainly seem to be making a difference. So We'll see if there's a wholesale reputational change that is that that could uh, come out of this. Uh, it doesn't look like it's anywhere near happening uh, right now, but certainly these are very positive signs, especially coming from such visible uh, mainstream media outlets. Love that. Love that. Um, you know, it's finally getting some of its due, and the recognition of the way that this whole industry and this product is different than than in the past. Well, Chris, uh, what are you working on, uh, you know, looking forward in the next uh, little bit? What what are some of your short-term projects that you're looking at? Yeah, so I have, uh, I, I've already published part of an interview that I did. I already mentioned Harlan Akala's name. He uh, turned 62 last month. Uh, and one of the very first things that he did upon reaching that age requirement was he got his own reverse mortgage. Uh, so the initial story went up on RMD, I believe it was week before last, but I've got a follow up to sort of unpack uh, what his mindset is around that. And the, the second story is probably going to be more about what the what the emotional impact has been on him and his family for having uh, conceivably a new semblance of security when it comes to the home. Uh, he mentioned specifically in the original story about how uh, his wife as a non-borrowing spouse uh, will be able to live in the home even after he passes away. And that provided a lot of comfort for him, understandably so. Uh, so yeah, there will be a second story going up on that. Probably It'll probably be available by the time people are actually listening to this. So check out reversemortgagedaily.com. And then uh, Finance of America is going through their first quarter 2022 earnings and they have a reverse mortgage segment. They're one of the few public companies that have a reverse mortgage division. So I'll leave the uh, the broader earnings components to the very capable journalists on the housing wire side, but I will be taking a very specific look at what they say about the reverse mortgage business. Uh, and then I also recently spoke to uh, to an executive at Open Mortgage because last week I broke a story about how they're doubling down on their reverse mortgage division and they're expanding their investment in that space. So I um, I'm going to be publishing this week an interview with an executive who's going to be who's, who's going to help oversee that expansion. So as always, and as I, I I say repeatedly whenever I show up on Housing Wire Daily, no shortage of things to talk about. But it's true. No, there's so much happening there that we love that. And, you know, our audience can go to reversemortgagedaily.com to see all of your amazing reporting. And you also have your own podcast, Reverse Mortgage Daily yes. Podcast, uh, where you talk to executives in the industry and, and, and just experts on the field. And it's, it's fascinating as well. So people should check it out. Yeah, thank you very much. I've got, I'm actually recording a new episode of that in a, in a few days that'll probably go up sometime 
next week from the time people are listening to this with uh, an executive at American Advisors Group, or AAG, the leading uh, reverse mortgage lender in the country. So thank you for the plug. I appreciate it. Absolutely. No, we'll look forward to that. And Chris, it's always great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Sarah, as always. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the HousingWire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like HousingWire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.